This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our EQ this week is how are many modern social problems fueled by fear and how can we use the emotion to our advantage to actually make social change? This episode is brought to you by Fancy Candles, the method of mood lighting preferred by interchangeable white ladies everywhere. Who ever heard of a romantic dinner by flashlight? Candles, mm. the great utilitarian marvel, dates back thousands of years and was once made of reeds and reeds soaked in animal fat. Our exclusive IWL candles come in a variety of relatable modern scents like Cheerios ground into minivan carpet, Target buyer's remorse. <laughs> it's musky. It's musky. And debilitating imposter syndrome. Get yours today. Free shipping in the continental United States. Hey. Hey. You know, um, what else is pretty great, and not a sponsor today, but we have talked about in the past, is this fantastic kombucha I'm drinking. We are just channeling our inner bougie white <laughs> we ladies just walked, today. We walked in here, and we were like, what are you drinking? Mine's Townshed Tea Company Superberry Brew Dr. Kombucha. What? Thank you, Costco. Oh, Costco. Wow. <laughs> I got this at Fred Meyer. In the past, I've only been able to find it at Whole Paycheck, but it's Stumptown... Coconut cold brew coffee with coconut cream and sugar, dairy-free. You're a good vegan. It looks like a car- milk carton, but it is no actual milk in it. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds appetizing, yet not, and not also very much. a little <laughs> bit bougie. <laughs> so we are here to talk about something kind of serious. Yeah, so we got to just start with something funny like beverages. So yeah, now we can, and our candles. And our candles. Oh my gosh. Annie, there's been so much going on. I know, it's crazy. So like, I think this kind of... The world's on fire. Yep. So we've been talking about lately just the th- fear yeah. that people are feeling. Uh, like fear is such a powerful emotion. And it's like right up there with like anxiety, mm. distrust, mm-hmm. rage. They're all kind mm-hmm. of the same like creepy family of of emotions that make you feel yeah. bad feelings. Um, so what's one of the things that you fear, Annie, if you were going to be honest on our podcast? <laughs> death. Oh, really? Uh, yes. I, I have a fear of death. But it's not like I, I don't have like a sense of impending mm-hmm. doom and mortality. It's more like I want to accomplish something in my life before I croak. Yeah. And I'm worried that I won't. So I think death is really like it's not even that I'm afraid of dying. Yeah. It's that I'm afraid of not living. Oh. Oh. Isn't this time for like 50 Cent if you die trying? What's yeah. The one if you, yeah. <laughs> there's like live a quote. Or, live hard or die trying <laughs> or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fitting right there. Yeah. That's I think, interesting. I feel like that's something like Patrick Henry said too. Like, <laughs> get, I don't know. Well, like give me liberty horse. or give me death. <laughs> give me liberty. Yeah. You're the history Ride or die. <laughs> All the variations of that. Yeah. I'm not really afraid of death. I would like an exciting death though. Like oh, I would definitely. like a good story from it afterwards, oh, even though I'm oh, gone. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> like have it on an adventure. Like I don't want a boring yeah, death. Yeah, yeah. Like I got hit by the buzz walking across Pack Avenue because right. I wasn't <laughs> on the sidewalk. Like but I if want you, an exciting death. If you got hit death. by a bus while you're in a chicken costume on your way to yes. a parade. A parade for a special the cause. arrival of space aliens yes. on Earth. Yeah. Then maybe that would be fine yeah. to be cooler. I don't you know. know. I'm more afraid of ready for it. Yeah. Mice. I have really traumatic really? <laughs> experiences from my childhood wow. with mice and rats and little tiny creatures like that. And they just like and they frighten me. Just give you the creeps. Yeah. They give yeah. me the creeps and like there's a Judy Bloom book that I read as a small child. Which one? Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but the little girl in there found these little mouse eggs, which look just like jelly beans, and she almost ate one. And I'm obsessed with jelly beans, Aren't or mice I was. Mammals? Yeah, but I don't know. They were in these little beads, so the book was probably wrong, or I read it wrong because I was like eight years old. That's but what you remember is mouse eggs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> like so mouse scary. Pods. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. That's awesome. Mouse cocoons. So fear is actually more intense. Yeah. I feel like that's almost like kind of like a, it's like phobia level. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it gives yeah. you, it makes your skin crawl when you think yeah. about mice and rats. Yeah, it's disgusting. It kind of makes, it doesn't, I'm not really a phobia, but it makes me, I just started itching my scalp. Um, if you can't hear that through the microphone, because like it, made, about your, lice. it made me think about lice. <laughs> and it's not even that I'm afraid of them. It's just like, they make me feel creepy They're all over crawling. my body. 
Yeah, like their skin is crawling. It's like when people talk about lice or scabies and you just start itching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you, you said there are other like more intense Yeah. yeah. So like fear, like we, it's our, fear is a reason that like our human ancestors from a long time ago like survived saber tooth tigers, right? And like the reason that you. You're talking about fight or flight? Fight or flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, but our brains can get overwhelmed by how intense it is. Like mm. chili powder, it must be used judiciously lest it destroy an otherwise delightful meal. It's chili powder. I made that up. Just speaking of chili powder, we've been using a lot of blue aprons lately, and I'm just gonna say they don't put enough chili powder in their blue apron meals because it's made for white people. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like a lot of flavoring. We have to like triple down on the flavoring, and they were like extra chili, right? Like this is not Johnny's. This is not food yet. Okay, Um, so I'm tracking with you. It's an intense emotion. Yeah, it is. And so, like, do you mind if I do a if I do a throwback? (gasps) Ooh, throwback Friday. Let's pretend it's that Thursday. Does, that doesn't rhyme. Throw back to Thursday. Sure. Um, so it's time for a special edition of Pop Critical Theory. Our theory is simply fear. No one enjoys feeling fear, but it's an indication that your brain function is typical. Not that it's like extra anything. It's just ordinary. You do not have cause for concern if you... Oh, you should have cause for concern if you don't feel fear. Because it can mean that you have damage to your limbic system or prefrontal cortex which is not good. Hmm. As anyone who feels fear knows, there is a whole range of fear responses from relatively mild, like anxiety about completing an unfamiliar task to extreme, like literally dying from fright. And if you thought that was something that just happens in movies, you can just rest assured that you can die from a massive rush of adrenaline in your body. It can cause your heart to stop. Where is your citation for this? (laughs) Um, That uh, We'll add it in the show notes. I think that was on psychology.com. Okay. Anyway, there's another you. article I read from Very Well, which I just found out about is like actually kind of a useful website for things about like pop psychology from an uh, article called The Psychology of Fear that when we confront a perceived danger, our bodies respond in specific ways. Like you said, fight or flight. Right. So like you get these physical responses include like sweating, increased heart rate and adva- like higher adrenaline. Um, it can also include freeze because like if you get super afraid, you like freeze. Right. You don't fight or flight. You just stop. You can't function like you just you're paralyzed by fear. Right, right. Yeah. Um so some people like 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 love adrenaline, like mm-hmm. adrenaline junkies, like base jumping in like a wingsuit. Mm-hmm. Like that's like I used to think it'd be really awesome to bungee jump. And then, then you I changed grew your up. mind. <laughs> and you're like, mm, remember not. And then I was like, your body can separate. Like you can lose an ankle yeah. if your thing's tied. Do you to like ankle. your ankles? Yeah, I do. You want to keep them? I think they're pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> they're useful too. Yeah, right. So it's interesting because of that like the junkie yeah. kind of element yeah. of fear well and then there. the other end of it is like some people are so risk averse that they never like they never they avoid feeling fear at all costs yeah. like so like i loved roller coasters and then i also grew up and got nauseated really easily which is weird because mm-hmm. i never did as a kid so i love yeah. that or like the merry-go-rounds we just spin the crap out of it oh, right yeah. and just like flying is it like for stand-up where he talks about <laughs> the scrambler the one where you turn and then it's on a bigger thing that turns and it's on a giant thing that turns so there's like three oh, yes. pivoting yeah, elements and it's completely nauseating, nauseating right? to even think about it yeah <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's interesting because, right, that's like con- – but also there's a little bit of control, I feel like, there. Like, mm-hmm. you know yeah. the rush that you're going to get and you know what's there rather right. than, like – It's yeah, a predictable kind of rush in a yeah. way. Yeah. Because yeah. you're on a, literally on a track, right? Yeah. Like, or on a whatever it is. Well, and so I was thinking about that. Like, I approach a lot of things with, like, it's fine. And I wonder – we don't know the Winter Olympics. I wonder if there's mm-hmm. an element of that that happens with those athletes, right? Oh, yeah. They're, like, the known and the excitement and a little yeah. bit of fear. What's the one where and, they like, – the, the right ski jumping? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that's they're so high off the ground. And like, what's the other one that's really, um, really, really uh, out there? I don't know, but I think biathlons are insane. Biathlon. That's yeah. the one with the shooting from the skis. Yeah, you're like skiing, and then you're yeah. shooting things, and then you're skiing yeah. some more. Apparently, that used to be a really like people in Washington yeah. used to be way more like into things like biathlon. Oh. But um, they and they had this huge ski jump at I heard this on NPR. This huge ski jump at Leavenworth, mm-hmm. um, and then they closed it due to liability, and then like. Also, other reasons like people it lost it, people lost interest in it. But we used to have this huge like following of like ski jump in Washington. It's just like not a thing anymore. It happens in like Minnesota, like yeah. upstate New York. But um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the, a little the adrenaline. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Like of Olymp- Olympic athletes, the rush, right? Mm-hmm. Curling. Mm-hmm. It's very you know adrenaline junkies probably like love curling. Curling is just like if you really here's how I feel about curling. If you really like sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> Then you also yes. like 
shuffleboard. Yeah. Right. I you feel know, like people, those people, are combined People together. who are like curling enthusiasts are the ones who are like, they were excited when they were a kid and their mom got them their own broom. <laughs> their kid-sized broom. They're like, let me sweep the kitchen, mom. <laughs> it's going to be so clean. Um, so I, I was thinking actually like this is so like thinking about fear as like a thing. Like I worry the most about the kind of quiet, subtle, covert fear that motivates things like racism, sexism, mm-hmm. homophobia, whatnot. Um, like we talked about recently in government class about how like dog whistle politics and how coded yeah. language is used in political rhetoric to like make people fearful. Like in the civil rights movement, instead of talking about like desegregation or more like um, almost like positive kind of language yeah. that that people who were like conservative strategists and strategists in the South use terms like forced busing mm-hmm. instead of desegregation to make it seem to evoke fear mm-hmm. among people. So like, yeah, well, I think just even the notion of a dog whistle is is so fascinating to me, yeah. right? Like, think about like actual the dog whistle, right? The dog can hear it, nobody else can, yeah, because our ears aren't like a tune or whatever right. the science is behind it. And then you think about how that's transferred into the way people talk with each other, mm-hmm. right? And yep. how they code what they're saying and how, like, if they're at a restaurant, they look around, they see people that, you know, might disagree, right? Suddenly they start talking about different ways. Yeah. Politicians using it. Right. Um, Did I ever so tell you a story about when I was in D.C. and I had um, – I was there for a – when I was in college, we went to, to lobby in, in Congress for lower tuition. It was in the middle of, like, economic crisis. It yeah. was, like – it was a really interesting time to be in D.C. It was – it was pretty crazy. Um, but while we were there, I had a recommendation. Someone who I um, did an interview with ta- talking to her on the phone, she said, hey, do you want some like recommendations for restaurants for where to go to dinner? And I think we've talked about this because you've been busboys and poets oh, yeah. in yep. D.C. and such an amazing restaurant. If you ever get a chance to – if you're ever in D.C. randomly and you go, it's <laughs> super good. But it's like half restaurant, half social justice bookstore. Yeah. Awesome. And she was like, oh, this woman I was talking to on the phone said, oh, yeah, the food is really good. Um, You'd really like it, I think. Except the crowd is kind of mixed. So I don't know how you would feel about that. And I was like, mixed. What does mixed mean? I was like, in like, in like DC, mixed? like yeah. Virginia language, like what does mixed mean? I don't really understand. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, there's lots of different people, different races, ethnicities, you know. I was like, <laughs> okay. So you're telling me that like, it's not just white people. She was like, no, I just wanted to like let you know in case that's like a concern you have. I'm like, it's not. What? Yeah. And then we went there and the food was amazing. And I was like, this place is wonderful. <laughs> like, she, but she hesitated because she was like, well, you're white. Yeah. So you might feel uncomfortable. I'm like, why would I feel uncomfortable? This, this is, a, that's unusual. So maybe she'd encountered people who had that fear, right? Of yeah. like being in a crowded restaurant with people of color. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I was like, no, that's not, I, I'm not fearful of that. So it's 2018, lots of dumpster fires. What did you say at the beginning? You said we were just like one giant fire. Yeah, it's a, like a landfill fire. Yeah, so I feel like yeah. a lot of that stems from fear, right? I mean, it was one of the reasons mm-hmm. we decided to talk about this today. So what are some ways that you're seeing this alive and well right now? Well, like most recently, um, it's been on our minds at school. It was just a kind of constant paranoia about possible school shootings mm-hmm. um, and actual school shootings, right? Like. Mm-hmm. As teachers, we live with fear all the time about that. And I, you know, some people think about it more than others and dwell on it more than others. I have a, I have a little anxiety. So I think about school shootings and I kind of like panic spiral and I have to like calm myself down about mm-hmm. it because I think about it, I don't know, maybe more than others, maybe less. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a Well, it's not like you just walk that. around and talk about it too. No. Except when there's a school shooting, like right after there's right. one. Yeah. I, I actually had a really creepy dream a couple weeks ago before the shooting in Florida. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like the week before and we were in a lockdown and there was an active shooter and there's a whole like other elements in my dream and I woke up and I was freaking oh out. Oh my God. I hope um, you're I felt really stressed. And then, and then a week later, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Man. Again. So how are we seeing – I mean, there's a lot of ways that we see fear manifesting. Yeah. I think with the shooting. So not just, like, the fear of an intruder yeah. and, like, how messed up that is and the fear of losing a loved one um, or, a, you know, whether that's a student or a family member, right, mm-hmm. or someone that you work with. Uh, what are some of the other ways? I think the big thing for me, like lately, I've been thinking a lot about is this fear and stigma around mental illness. Mm. So I, this kind of came up for me mm, on Twitter because there were a few folks. I follow a bunch of female comedians on Twitter, which is a really great way to spend your Twitter time. Um, Leslie Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was just like, get get on get on get on those uh, female comedians' Twitters and and follow them because they're great. Um, but I am trying to remember who originally posted this, but having said something about like some statistics about um, sh- mass shooting incidents and mental illness. And so I went and actually like looked for some, f- you know, factual information about like what's the correlation, right? Like what's mm-hmm. the correlation between known mental illness 
and shootings, right? Um, they found some stats from Psychiatry Online. Okay. Um, about mass shootings by people with serious mental illness represent less than 1% of all yearly gun-related yeah. homicides. Uh, in contrast, deaths by suicide using firearms account for the majority of yearly gun-related deaths. Um, so what does that tell you? It tells me that people with mental illness who use firearms use them on themselves and not mm-hmm. others. Yeah, so this is why—can I jump in here? This mm-hmm. is why— I think that the natural inclination to say, well, this person had struggled with mental Mm -hmm. health and we should look at that. I find myself very skeptical. One, we generally only do that when it's a white dude. We're like, oh, what's their mental health? And when it's a person of color, male or female, but specifically male, um, we're immediately like, oh, are they, one, we use the word terrorist, right? Whether or not, like whatever black or brown version that they are, um, we use that immediately. We'd never give a benefit of a doubt. We're like, oh, that kid was so scary. Oh, really? You mean the 12-year-old who was like hanging out? who had a toy gun at a park? Playing at a park? Oh, that kid, right? Trayvon Martin, everybody, like all these people that were constantly like, oh, da-da-da, they're terrible and terrifying. We use all these like tough language back to the dog whistling thing yeah. um, and even being just explicitly racist, right? Instead yeah. of giving anybody the benefit of a doubt and saying, oh, this mental illness. So a Florida kid happens, right? Mental yeah. illness. Remember those dudes in Oregon last year? Who yeah, all who had, took like, over taken the Malheur <laughs> National Wildlife Refuge right. and they were just like, yeah. just like chilling on the wildlife yeah. refuge with like a crazy amount of gunpowder yeah. like for like, yep. like, for like, months yeah and, and the federal just government like, oh like, hey and you kind of got the sense that like okay the fbi doesn't uh, want to intervene because in the past when things like that have happened there's been shootouts and a lot of fatalities and like but if they but were not was, white yeah it would be a completely different done. situation exactly mm-hmm. um so kind of like looking at the stats like i mean you think about i mean that kind of rhetoric around uh mental illness is like okay the it must be something wrong with that person who hurt them, right? Mm-hmm. When it's a white shooter. Mm-hmm. And if it's a black shooter or a brown shooter, it's like, what What did they do wrong as a person, yes. right? Yeah. It's The blame is on them the for their choices. The community radicalized them. Yeah. They were radicalized from the beginning. It's, right. in the, like, it's in their DNA or whatever bull crap that's yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess a part of it, too, is like I don't want to um, – like, not acknowledge that, like, mental illness or mental stress is, like, a real thing mm-hmm. for people. And I'm glad as a society we're, like, paying a little bit more attention than we had before. Yeah. Like, thinking about how in schools we're paying attention more so than we ever had before around mm-hmm. the kinds of mental stress students well, are like, coming he- with. Like, healthcare parity. Like, yeah. treat mental health care as health care. Like, don't treat yep. it as something separate because you, it's it's not. It's yeah. total. It's all related. Yeah. And we're starting to talk about mental health when it comes to, like, homelessness mm-hmm. or just, like, lots of different... Like, PTSD of yep. veterans and, yep. like, just, like, yeah, it's a it's a whole new, like, the whole new world, right? Like, and so I'm, I'm really glad that that's the conversation, but yeah. I feel like it's a problem when that's thrown in with... It's almost, like, used as, like, an excuse yeah. or, like, a... I think what I was... I was also thinking about um, just, like... The fa- blaming people with mental illness is like a causal fallacy mm. where so that's when you make a conclusion about a cause without enough evidence behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some people who know better, like like the leaders in the NRA, like Wayne mm-hmm. LaPierre, the, the line of argumentation is an appeal to ignorance. They like know that mass shootings can't be blamed on mental illness because the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is, is a good guy, a guy with, with a gun. gun. Or some maybe. What about a good woman? Maybe a little push, a little feminism good, there. Good woman with a gun. Good yeah, there you go. Person with a gun. There you go. Let's be inclusive here. Yes, please. <laughs> that doesn't um, sound as, it's like not no, as catchy. It's, no, it's not. Right. It's too many syllables. Um, <laughs> but like, like, even that psychiatry online article said that like even if like okay the nra is saying like okay mental illness is a problem but they're not advocating for like helping like with treatment illness, right, right right you know like they're not yeah, helping yeah. they're using it as an excuse and yeah. they're not offering a solution and you kind of get like this hands off right yeah and you're like oh it's mental illness it has nothing to do with what i have yeah. or like what i own yeah and like that psychiatry online article said laws intended to reduce gun violence that focus on population representing less than three percent of all gun violence incidents mm-hmm. are going to be extremely low yield ineffective and wasteful scarce resources like Focusing on that small group isn't going to prevent these problems. So I feel like that whole thing about like, and it's not even like people throw it so casually, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just mental illness. It's mental illness. But really behind that, it's like um, perpetuating stereotypes yep. and fears about mental illness yep. and stigmatizing mental illness. Um, and that fear is unproductive. Like it doesn't That's a good point, push too. the conversation forward about mm-hmm. like, how do we actually solve the problem? Mm-hmm. Let's take a sponsor break. Our sponsor is your favorite hometown airline and mine, Alaska. That's right. As we say at the top of each episode, we We fly fly Alaska. And we fly Alaska because they make flying so enjoyable. From takeoff to landing, we feel taken care of. Totally. 
Now, I really like that I can use chat apps without having to pay for full Wi-Fi. You know how convenient that is? I like the movies they offer because I can stream them directly to my phone. That's a real win. Ooh, it Take totally in is. one, two, oh, and yes. three. I uh, have a confession, actually. Wait, a confession it's right really now? important. During an ad for our sponsor? Are you yeah. sure this is the right time? Uh, yes. I wrote a limerick about Alaska Airlines. Oh, no. Doug, can we just oh, no. cut this? Please. Oh, no, no, cut. no. Oh, hear me out. Please. Cut it. Doug, don't. Please. Okay, fine. Okay. That face, though. Okay. What okay. you got? <clears throat> Alaska, I shall proclaim your worth. As your airplanes traverse Starship Earth, I watch an in-flight movie, your staff is so groovy, and it fills up my heart with such mirth. Well, you heard it here first, the first limerick about an airline. I'm Annie. I'm Hope. And And we we fly fly Alaska. Alaska. To book your next trip, visit alaskaair.com. I was listening to this interview on um, The Daily. Have you listened to this? No. Oh, my gosh. It's like 20, 25 minutes news every day pops out. Hence, it's called The Daily. I think is it it's a by podcast someone, format? Yeah, it's podcast oh. by you know somebody important podcasts. like Slate or The New Yorker. I'm going to feel bad that I don't remember who it is. But <laughs> they were just talking about it, and they had this expert on there who um, basically does psychiatric um, assessments. Oh, yeah. And so she was talking about how, like, right now the part of the conversation around um, gun control or gun reform or whatever we want to call it, yeah. even that's, like, triggering for people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, our Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Uh, even that, so she was talking about how, like, her role as a psychiatrist is to evaluate the person. And mm-hmm. so she can say, hey, I recommend that this person should be admitted, mm-hmm. but admitted yeah. and, like, committed are different. Yeah. And then she was also talking about, like, she can put it forward, but then the judge has to, if you're going to force mm-hmm. someone to be committed. Involuntary commitment. Right. The judge has to be involved, right? Yeah. And that makes sense. But then that's the only way that that person can make that list, like, the national list that's part of the oh, conversation about sure. mental health. Yeah. But then that's a really serious decision to say about yeah. that person. And you're also saying that they can be helped in these particular right. kinds of ways. And so she was talking about it's some like examples. like taking away someone's autonomy and, like, what what's the right. threshold for, like, when is that acceptable? Mm-hmm. Like, when can you take away someone's individual, mm-hmm. like, liberty to just mm-hmm. exist, right? And, yeah, not going to lie, that, like, libertarian side of me uh, is, like, yeah, I think that's unfair. Like, I wouldn't want someone just to, like, not that I doubt psychiatrists work or, like, trust the, the courts, but yeah. also, like, what if you put people in there that is just, they're going through a bad time. Yeah. Or like, how, but then there's no, but basically she was talking about how there's no, like, middle ground. Right. So you either have like the extreme committed case. Yeah. Now they're on this thing forever and it's right. following them, which is a limited number of people. Mm-hmm. Or we have folks who need some help that aren't necessarily yep. getting help through, you know, stressors or whatever. Like she sure. was talking about an interview with like a teenage boy who fits the profile. And she's right. like, but I don't think he should be committed well, like, necessarily. Like, like, he needs like counseling Nicholas and help. Cruz like had these reports of like things that he'd made these threats. But he never actually like from what I understand, he never actually did anything that was illegal. So it's like, like if you're talking about like what is the threshold for committing involuntarily committing someone or arresting them, whatever it is, like we have like laws that like protect people um, from, you know, having that autonomy taken away. Like it's very much like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know. It gives me a lot of feelings. Yeah, I'm trying to sort them all out, and it's not going very well. So like, what? I, I sorry, I just <laughs> was ahead. like, I. I, I just feel like it, coming back to like kind of idea about fear, like if we fear mental illness, if we stigmatize mental illness, it ignores the fact there's this whole range of mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have mild anxiety. It, and depending on who you ask, I have moderate anxiety. Some people <laughs> I think I have more anxiety than others. That can be considered like a, at times, de, you know, debilitating yeah. mental illness, right? And it's not, it's something that I, I'm able to cope with in my mm-hmm. life. But like mental illness is not just like, like one thing which is a violent perpetrator having a homicidal ideation right mm-hmm. that's not the only but we picture when someone says mental illness it's sure. like that dog yeah. whistle politics the yeah. second you hear it yeah. you're like you pictured that angry angry white man right who yeah. is mentally ill and it just doesn't it doesn't it's not it's unproductive yeah, and it's also, like, not scientific base. I feel like. No! It's, like, so many levels of, of what we're talking about here, too. Yeah! So I think one of, like, the real fear, fears, I think, that comes out every time there's a shooting is, like, legitimately, how do we keep our children safe yeah. in this country? That's a whole other layer of fear. So there's, like, the, the there's the mental health layer of fear. Like, people yep. fear mental health mm-hmm. crises. Mm-hmm. They fear our for our safety. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't know. I mean, I, 
I think about this sometimes because some buildings are more secure than others. Yeah, like right? our building yeah. is. We have a really large school with a we lot do. of a lot of well, entrances and exits. We do, and even talking about public like, to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I was and hearing that story, um, NPR story. They were describing Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida, where the shooting incident occurred, and they they said that that school has three thousand students. Yeah, it's a huge school. And that the built the one building where they the most of the um, fatalities occurred was in building twelve, mm. which means there were eleven other buildings on, at least on their campus yeah. at least. And you think about like how unsecure that campus pro- likely was with so many buildings, entrances, and exits, mm-hmm. like exterior hallways, things like mm-hmm. that. And I do worry about safety. Like I I do think about that. I don't think about it constantly, but sometimes when I you know, mm-hmm. in the building during the day, I'm like, anyone could walk in here. And it is frightening. Like, mm-hmm. I worry about our kids. I worry about my colleagues. Like, Yeah, and I think as a parent, I would be really nervous about sending my kid to a school that I didn't feel was secure yeah. or that I didn't feel like was doing enough. Which is why, I mean, I, I understand, like, all the different responses around what do we do now, right? Yeah. So, like, how do we secure our schools better? How do we make it reasonable? What's a reasonable option? Yeah. Um, you know is it a, more you guns know in school? Is you know it less an, guns in school? You know how are you feeling about that, Amy? You know what's a wacky idea that I don't think would work? What's an but idea has been floated you, by, you don't think would work? But has been floated by the um, current occupant he, of 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue, the uh, current occupant of the White uh-huh. House, that we should arm teachers. Mm. I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? There's some schools in I was just listening to an interview with a dude in Texas and they were talking about like it's yeah. very realistic. They in have Kentucky. like they have a couple of people in the one in the school in Texas in particular. They have like three teachers that are like that's in fact they're not actually teachers. I don't think they're just that's their job is to be armed and like patrol the school yeah. and to respond to scenarios. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about that? That's a very controlled space. They know what they're doing. They got signed up for it. I. Why aren't you into that idea? Think that. If highly trained law enforcement officers only succeed in hitting their targets 18% of the time when they're in a crisis situation or a high-stress situation, that those aren't great odds for anyone, especially a civilian who doesn't have extensive professional training in using handling firearms. That's a pretty good answer. Thanks. Also, yeah. um, I can hardly keep track of my damn whiteboard markers. My I'll, keys. Let I alone pretty much lose my keys once a week. Right. My classroom <laughs> keys. I mean, it, part of it's my fault. Like, they're on, like, a small keychain. Yeah. And I throw I'm, them in the drawer. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say out. that, like, I'm not trying to say, like, don't, I'm not trying to say teachers are spacey. But what I am trying to say is that, like, there are a lot of creative types who go into education. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in misplaced things. Like I, yeah. I would misplace, I would misplace, I don't know, possibly yeah. a, a handgun in well, my classroom. I just classroom. think about like the logistics of it, right? So like I think about the safety of the weapon. It has to be in a safe, secure place. Yeah. I think about how I feel like that makes me sound like response. an irresponsible dummy. Like I wouldn't just like leave a gun lying around. But like <laughs> realistically, like okay, I'm gonna go use right. the bathroom during passing period. Yes. I'm gonna let me take lock my like I have to lock my door or I have to like take my Glock. To the staff bathroom with me, like. But then you could just get a really cute little, you know, like, uh, like a holster, uh-huh. like in the Western movies. Super cute. You could just have one of those. Yeah, that sounds adorable. Yeah, that, um, sounds that really... was sarcasm because that sounds so horrifying. Yeah. So then, yeah, also, you got all those safety yeah. issues. Plus, I keep going back to um, the expense issues. Yeah. Right. So think about how much it costs for weapons and ammo. And granted, you're not using very much. So like one time yeah. investment. Okay, fine. You could argue that. Yeah. Um, but then I think about ongoing training. Right. right. And so you can't just be like you mentioned the stats around police and inability to like hit a target. And also I think yeah. about accidental get shootings, quote unquote accidental, I should say. Yeah. Like. Uh, how about all the shootings of like unarmed people that are yeah. like afraid, and that's from people that are in the profession. The story to do this I heard work, when right? I was in high school, there was a security guard, and I don't remember. I don't remember if this was at my high school or if it was just a myth, but this happened to a security guard in our school district who was chasing someone who was like a like an armed like person on campus. Tried to jump over a low fence <laughs> and had his hand on his on his weapon oh, and no, pulled I the trigger not. when he was like <laughs> jumping over the fence and like tripped. And pulled the trigger and blew off his big toe. And you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking something like that would happen to me. Or I would like, I don't know. I, I just saw a like- teacher in Utah online, a teacher in Utah who went to the bathroom and then like accidentally bumped her gun or something. Which no. is crazy to me because you can't accidentally, like if you know anything you about firearms, you can't accidentally bump your trigger. Yeah. Like that is not a thing. Like no. there's safety and like... There's so many safeties that are set in place. So I'm not one of those, like, people that believes yeah. that gunnels just go off. Like, it, no. it, it's true. Like, a human being has to be the one to, like, do right. that thing. 
but also humans are stupid. They are. <laughs> like, really stupid. Like, we can't even take care of yeah. our things. I, yeah, I think about all the training, like the, the money. Yeah. Well, and then I know that some people feel real strong. It would be so strong. costly. Like, I mean, <laughs> apart, okay, but here's yeah. purely economic argument. Yeah. If you're talking to like somebody who's just like, care, just cares about economics, buy me adult scissors oh. for my classroom that are actual useful you scissors. stab the intruder? No, not for mm-hmm. stabbing, for cutting paper because my kids are always like, I need the supplies for like doing this project. And I'm like, I have tiny <laughs> blunt child scissors because that's, that's what I pass out. Right? You take like, those child scissors. I know, you but go like, ahead Sunday school. Just like, you, you get what I'm saying though? Like, like, like glue sticks yeah. and blunt scissors. Well, there's a but whole like, bunch of stuff trending online about what teachers would rather have. Than and, guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have like our, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely need tape. That's my yeah. current one right now. Tape and tape's I have expensive. No tape. If you don't my buy tape, tape regularly, you don't know how much tape costs. It yeah. is quite those refills are Glue expensive. Sticks. Yeah, mold. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of things people would rather have than a gun. Yeah. So well, and you know, I was too. I had the real honor of going on the Crossing Division podcast, which oh, yeah. is also on Channel Two Five Three with Dave Jones. That was a ton Shout of fun. Out. Shout out. Um, and so you should go check that out. It's super good. Um, but I we were talking about on that show about how. I told I actually had a student ask me today, "Hey, would you carry a gun?" Mm-hmm. And I, I said I said no, and they said asked me why. And the story I shared on on the podcast um, with Dave too was because I want you to just picture the teacher you have had a teacher you've had in the past, and not all most teachers are pretty got an infinite <laughs> well of patience, right? Like very patient people, mostly even tempered folks. But we've all had that one teacher who was just had a short fuse, right? Picture their face. And now picture them with a handgun, <laughs> and then try to sleep I'm it well at night. It's horrible because it's horrible. Like I mean, like just the the kind of some people just shouldn't have firearms, mm-hmm. like for the safety of the youth and just everyone else. Yeah, I think there's also potential risk um, for like implicit biases to kind of play out. Absolutely. So, like, if we look at stats around who is already disciplined in our schools, black and brown yep. boys more than anybody else. Yep. Um, if we look at the way that students of color are profiled in schools, are already marginalized by white teachers. Yeah. Now you're adding in a whole a other weapon, layer. Yeah. Yeah. To the mix. And even if somebody didn't mean to do something and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. like, People get afraid. People have these things that they haven't worked out in their head. And yeah. they're like, oh, I hear a noise and sagging pants. Ah! And, like, whip out their gun. And that's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. The other element I don't know how could even be, like, part of, like, what's on the table is, like, I, the fact that, like, l- lawyers and school districts are so particular about everything. You like, can't even. You cannot have you a can, bouncy house no. for your school play because well, of the We can't even thing. bring cupcakes to school yeah, that are, like, yeah. they're store-bought because yeah. they might have peanut dust yeah, in them. Yeah. Like, but you want to bring a gun? That's insane. Yeah. Like, I. Also, by the way, I am a gun owner and I do believe in like I, I, the know, Second Amendment in terms totally of like, fine, I don't, I don't right? believe the like, it's a God given right because no. man made those rules. The but I do believe that, yeah. that those, yeah. like we have a right to protect ourselves. We have a right to have firearms. I totally believe in all those kinds of things. But I just think in a school setting, the other part I, I think about too is like, there's so much pressure as a teacher to already take care of all these things and to, f- to fulfill. Like we have so many standards within our content area. Yeah. Like I teach English, right? And so I have, you have teach kids writing. I have to teach teach kids like there's like 10 standards or 12 standards in reading and then I have standards in communication speaking and listening I have language standards which is like boring grammar and sentence structure stuff and then like on top of that you're going to add like these other kinds of and then you got social emotional standards and things where you're like trying to help with kids with like processing that and then you got like tech standards all of us are trying to like help kids you know be within 21st century tech skills and and so on and how to not be a dweeb on the internet yeah right and like in class not to make weird noises and poke at your neighbor and be a creep right and so you're already doing if you're gonna that, pick so. your pick your nose do it with a kleenex over your finger and not with both fingers up your nose precisely and then now in addition i already have all that stuff i have to think about and be concerned about and, right. and do my best to and then now on top of that i'm gonna have this extra layer of safety yeah with a gun i just and it's like, too much i think about our like i mean like you were saying you're a gun owner i'm not a gun owner and i don't intend to be but like i think about the people who are in our building who have firearms like our sro yeah our sro nice guy mellow yep. chill is as chill as what's something that's chill he's chill as chill af he's cool like he's like mellow he's not weird right like he's not the kind of person who like you would worry about being unsafe with a firearm because Mm. he takes it very seriously but like but i think about like like there gotta be sro you've seen those videos right of sros like throwing kids on the ground and like using their firearms to like intimidate kids and it's like like those especially you think about like black and brown kids like yeah 
I, I'm that is something to me. If we have this disproportionate discipline for students of color, like mm-hmm. that's not going to be helped by having nope. more guns. Like I not totally agree with you about that. Yeah, but I will say, little turn here. Yes, I will say, there's recently been a dangling of some money. So if I volunteer, oh yeah. Our dear leader is going to maybe give me a little bonus. Okay. So what are you going to do with your bonus money, Annie? Would you take that bonus money? I'm going to... Be armed and bonus money. I'm going to take the bonus money and live off of it for a little while while I find a new job. Because I will never carry a gun at school. Yeah. I was thinking about maybe investing in some copy paper. Oh, yeah. Or maybe some, some like Bitcoin. (laughs) <laughs> Some Bitcoin, yes, <laughs> full circle three episodes ago. Maybe I would use my gun bonus for some Bitcoin. Yeah, and toner for the copier. <laughs> you know, I actually, depending on how much the bonus is, which I can't believe that it would be more than like 200 bucks, side yeah. note, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be any real money if it was even part of that conversation right. for reals. Yeah. Uh, but if it was good money, I would invest in my own copy machine. I bought a little personal sweet. laminator from Target a what? few years ago. It changed my world. That's amazing. Yeah. You should like get your own copy machine. So now I can get my own copy <gasps> You know machine. what's a real side benefit of having a copy machine in your classroom? What? They put off a ton of heat. <laughs> so then you could also heat your classroom because classrooms are cold, y'all, especially in old buildings. My gosh. So the fear aspect of this, we're going to bring it bring it on <sighs> home. The okay. fear, right, so, is that like, like people are so fearful of these situations that I have fear about guns in schools, right? Like, but that's the response, the fear response, right? Is it like that's people's solution? Mm-hmm. They're like, let's just have more guns, right? Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with not a realistic solution. No. I appreciate the effort maybe by some people, but I also don't think it's it's going to, yeah, it's not going to work. We've already yeah. increased a fair amount of, if we, if we look at like what has been, what what we've started to try, we've mm-hmm. started to try those things, our school district trying those things, and it hasn't necessarily hasn't made um, correlated in getting better, right? Yeah, it doesn't feel so safer. So maybe we should try something else. Yeah, hmm. I like that idea. ARs. Hmm, maybe we should try something else. combat our fear. So, uh, recently, I don't know how you feel about the movies, but there's uh-huh. been a lot of excitement and some white fear around yeah. a recent release. I am very excited about the day I get to see Black Panther. What? You haven't gone yet? No, I haven't. Oh, for shame. For shame. For shame. shame. I have not had the honor and privilege of seeing that film yet. It's I, so good. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um... So the reason we bring this is an episode about fear is that is that it's like people are afraid of this movie. Okay, this is so stupid, but this yes. is why I wanted to bring it up. Like because it fits into the topic, right? Like, like white fear is so dumb. Yeah. First of all, side note, shout out to Black Panther because Seriously. as of a couple hours ago, they have made five hundred and thirty million dollars. Million dollars. Five hundred thirty million dollars. Boom. That's because crazy. people are so excited. They are. Uh it did such an amazing job. So I'm only like new to the Wakanda world and like the comics and a couple months ago. We have a bunch actually at our house, no surprise. Um because yeah. my previous boyfriend now husband is is obsessed with comics anyway that's awesome and so there's tons of black panther which i've been meaning to read and just like hadn't gone around to it and then yeah. at christmas i he gave me a compilation nice and so i was reading through that and i was like okay trying to track the storylines yeah. i like comics but i also sometimes like have a hard time suspending maybe i'm just too realistic suspending like suspending disbelief. disbelief about like yeah oh you can I'm fly like, how are they BS. flying yeah what are they doing right there that's you physically know? impossible yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so but man i really got i was really excited about I got yeah. into it and then so stoked about the movie coming yeah. out. The movie was awesome. I'm so looking Lived forward to seeing the expectations. it. Yeah, I have like, as I've mentioned previously in um, prior episodes, I getting to see movies is kind of a is kind of a problem you know, for reasons like my spouse is uh, gets motion sick in movies, and then also <laughs> we have a little baby, and so I'm just like, it just hasn't been a thing. But I I really want to see it. So spoiler alert, we're going to talk about you a should bit make about your baby <laughs> make your baby raise your baby in make a way. My baby watch <laughs> Black Panther. Yes, every. Black History Month. Yes. Yeah. Not just then. All year long. Because again, long. you can't just be once a month. No, Annie. exactly. That's no, I was thinking. I I'm trying really. I, should, <laughs> I sent you that picture yesterday. I texted Hope this picture of this box set of books that I got for my son, and yeah. it's um, little feminists and yeah. it's little board books that I got on Amazon. Um, I'm I'm raising him right. Don't worry. Good. Don't worry. He's gonna see Black Panther as soon as it's appropriate for him to have that much screen time. Um, so well, what I was gonna say is, if you raise him up to like enjoying movies, and you two yeah. can go to movies, and then perfect. And it's great. Like 
yells. Yeah. <laughs> Why you guys so, yell? No, it's so, so funny because people are like, free. I, I just yeah, the, what's the fear? Like, the, where's the fear? Just like blows me away because I can't even like wrap my head around how stupid some white people are. So like, there are there are le- people. There are legitimate people, white people, who are f- so afraid that there is a movie that like. Shout outs black people that gives some kind of sense of power and like voice and all the other things. And even just like normalizes black uh-huh. people having conversations uh-huh. about things that are like yeah. normal. And these white people are afraid of that, right? So, so much like weird. Uh, there's a whole Twitter thread and like people talking about like they're afraid of, of like black joy, right? So much that they yeah. will go out and purposely sabotage it. So some of the ways that we're seeing sabotage is like. People will show up and then post online that like, oh, I got in a fight. Um, a black person kicked me out of the theater and said, you know, you, you don't belong here. Like, what the hell? People, sorry, excuse me. People are trying to go to a movie. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to like get in a fight no. with you about a movie that they're trying to no. go to. Like, w- everybody wants to have a good time and enjoy yeah. a movie and feel Especially with Black connected. Panther. Like, I was talking to some of my students about like how they like celebrated like seeing Black Panther, like Wakanda forever. Like, they went to, they had cookouts in the parking yeah. lot at... At Great. the movie theater, because, them. like, it's a celebration. It's yeah. not—no one's there to, like, kick you out, beat you up, treat you like crap. That's yeah. not what it's—it's not—it's not about you, white people. Yeah. Why, people? Like, just move on, right? I'm thinking about, like, go, I, I don't know. I wish I could go back in time and look at, like, one of the first movies where there's, like, dominant female cast, right? Yeah. And, like, ooh. I, there was—actually, there was yeah. some smack talking about Wonder Woman, right, when there was, like, a bunch of— when the Women sold talking out. to each other? <laughs> Women went what? to Wonder Woman, and people were like— that's anti-man. <laughs> Not doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, so you know, just because you're celebrating yeah. blackness and like this world uh, in this comic and in you know th- the way that turns out with actors, it doesn't mean that you are suddenly disavowing right. like your whiteness or like your own place in the world. And I think that's part of what drives that fear. And also I think it's just so stupid is like, you're not, we're not talking about replacement. We're talking about coming alongside people. You know, I have this poster in my classroom that's like equality isn't pie. It's not going to disappear more of it because you ate so much of it and exactly over. No, these things are like shared and we come along side by side and we're all better off for it. Yeah. Like we're better off for it. Not because, you know, not losing out. That fear is so like, we talked about like, Fears are irrational. Like, yeah. phobias are irrational, right? You think about, like, that kind of fear comes from a really deep place of feeling othered or, like, excluded. Oh, hey, no shit. That happens. Like, people are yeah. othered and excluded all the time because yeah. they don't fit into this, like, white middle class values. Like, yes, that's how mm-hmm. that feels. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it tastes like, you know? Um, I was thinking about the Bechdel test. Do you know yeah. the Bechdel oh, test? Oh, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so, like, the Bechdel test was originally um, conceived by Alison Bechdel. She's yeah. an amazing... Um, graphic novelist and like she's done a lot of really cool things um but she basically said like okay there's this test for like women in cinema or women in television if they talk to each other um i don't know what the time limit on it is but they talk to each other um for a, a, like a certain amount of time about a topic other than a man yeah right? it's like a short amount of time it's only like five minutes or something yeah or even like, is an like exchange, not any long. kind of conversation yeah. like an exchange right <laughs> Then that yeah. passes the Bechdel test. It yeah. means that they're actually like women represented accurately in film and television. And a lot of famous movies, like popular movies, fail. Um, but from what I understand, like about how the Bechdel test is applied, like it's kind of like a pop psychology type thing. Mm-hmm. But like you can apply it as well to like about like race or mm-hmm. disability or like any of these other categories, right? So if you think about it, the movie Black Panther clearly passes the Bechdel test in terms mm-hmm. of, like, race. Like, there are multiple black characters talking to each other about mm-hmm. something other than romance or whatever mm-hmm. the tropes are of other, like, black films that are, like, mm-hmm. stereotype black people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's... In that case, it really does pass that test, right? And is that part of what makes people fearful, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's, like, look at black people in conversation with each other about something that is, like... Um, I don't know, productive or like. But also, like, that's not related to you. I think yeah, there's that's a thing not about. Based, that's not based on yeah. white middle class values. Right. I right? think there's a thing about white privilege and like mm-hmm. white power, whatever else you want to call it, like that it's there at the center. Yeah. Right. And well, so white when you don't and, have access, yeah. and you're like, oh, they're talking about something else besides me and right. I'm left out. Oh, I'm so sad. You know, it's like, stop. Yeah. And white privilege and fear are like yeah. besties. Like, like you have this fear of Besties. losing your privilege. They have each right? other's little half necklace. Yeah, exactly. It says white. One says, has a half white privilege. <laughs> yeah, it says white on one side, privilege on the other side. <laughs> Love you forever. Yeah. Best yeah. friends. It's so ridiculous. I think you raised kind of a good point. Like, I think right now we're at a place where we really need to start looking at our fears that we have and examining them. Yeah. And also trying to figure out, like, 
I don't want to say it's not real, but I I also want to think like we have to move past some of those things that we're afraid of because yeah. people really legitimately are afraid of these certain things because of their experiences, because of whatever. Mm-hmm. And we have to find a way to like cope with that, deal with that. And I, and I don't think the solution is like an ethno state. <laughs> I don't no. think the solution is everybody having guns. And I don't think like there's those kinds of extreme solutions. And I, I don't think we I can let, like it's, f- maybe, let fear yeah. rule us if we right. do that, right? I feel like it might be as simple as like helping help like making it um a priority to teach people empathy right mm-hmm. like we have this this task and like you said like so many things that we do as teachers in schools to like teach curriculum teach mm-hmm. like skill like social skills right but like character counts right you know i mean yeah. like empathy matters um yeah. like how do we teach that explicitly so yeah. that that people value each other and not they're not so self-focused that they live in fear right like mm-hmm. and so that's the thing too it kind of goes back full circle our conversation about schools like if we are teaching kids to be empathetic and not fearful mm-hmm. right how does that create a whole new generation of people who are um who are not embracing violence as an answer mm-hmm. or who are thinking about like they're thinking about um other people's experiences in a positive way mm-hmm. right um i think that can prevent some of these like violent incidents of people feeling othered mm-hmm. or excluded or mm-hmm. Like they're not heard or that their experience isn't valuable mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, right? That um, we got to teach empathy. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do with my gun money. Hey! I would teach empathy. That's great. I, I don't I know how, but and that's I would a do great, it. That's a great place to just kind of end that on, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. So let's uh, do a little segment on Timeless or Terrible. Perfect. Interchangeable. Right, ladies! All right, Annie, are you ready? I'm ready. Is it... Timeless or terrible? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready for these. Some of our listeners gave us some really good new Perfect. ones. So we'll see what we got. Um, your iPhone. Is it timeless or is it terrible? I feel very conflicted over this. I think. I know how you love yourself an iPhone. That I do like iPhones a lot. Um, and you like that when crank callers call you, it's a- Yeah, they have this new thing on the new operating system where if you get a scam call, it says scam likely. And actually, the first time I saw that, I was like, who's scam likely? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I get it. They're trying to tell me that someone's going to steal my money. Um, so then it made sense. But Hope just choked on her kombucha, which is the hoidest thing that's happened all day. I almost sprayed it all over <laughs> Doug's new microphones. <laughs> Um, oh, back but to like you. A, you know, just those things that Apple does that kind of builds into, and I guess Android's doing that too. So like, I, I, Apple can't get all the credit, but like, but like, it's just one of those things that I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, they're functional. Whenever I've had a problem, like the service is fast with Apple. Um, I don't know. I, I am a little worried about them stealing Expensive. all my personal information <laughs> and like having all this like metadata about like people's behavior and trying to sell me things that I don't need. But like. Speaking of uh, metadata, did you hear about the breaking? <laughs> the breaking in our tech tech system? Yes, I did because some dummy clicked on it. You did? You clicked on the link? Uh, yeah. First of all, I was one of those dummies, Why? but it wasn't my fault. I'm not calling you a dummy. I'm sorry. Take it back. We talked. We're talking about a tech breach that happened in the Tacoma school system. So I, I never click on those things, and I don't know why. But Why'd you do it? I don't know what possessed me <laughs> what in that moment. Thinking? But I am paying for it because my computer is possessed. I've called tech so many times oh, no. to try to get them to fix my computer because I have, like, like, the eternal so virus. Effed. Yeah. Yeah, it's all screwed. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. So. I'm really sorry. Is it your iPhone? <laughs> you <went dumb. laughs> no, you're right. My, I am a dummy. My I'm a dummy for that. Is, I love you so and much. And I know I, other people are dummies because they also clicked on it. You aren't the only one, okay? I'm definitely not the only one. I think that my iPhone sucks all my time away but uh, in terms of like technology that functions it's pretty timeless awesome okay let's yeah. do one more okay draw mm-hmm. drawn from the thing it's a jar drawn from the jar eh. timeless or terrible drake oh that's a good one that's really hard i don't know i mean <laughs> um she used to call me on my terror <laughs> Because that song's terrible. Uh, that song is a little terrible. But I think there's something yeah. comforting about Drake that... Like what? Like, he just has this crooning, soothing, sad little voice. And you're just like, oh. He has a sweet puppy dog face, too. He does. He's just kind of cute, you know? He's pretty cute, yeah. yeah. And he wears great sweaters. I mean, he's got those good dance moves. True, okay. I think but more like, than he, anything... Are his dance moves on par with, like, I don't Bruno Mars? Or, like... Because Bruno Mars can do the splits. But Bruno Mars actually, like, has skills that I would hearken back to, like... The, the old days when, yeah. like, like I think about, like, Dick Van Dyke and some of those, and yeah. Shirley Temple, 
like some of those folks. I don't want to just say like white people, but there were some folks. Like there's some actors and actresses back in the are days. known for dancing. Like he's yeah, like he's they a can dancer. sing, they can dance. I they play feel like, I almost feel like Bruno Mars is like a dancer who also sings. Like because he's such a good yeah. dancer. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's okay. like a kid who grew up in like a multicultural setting, and so like yeah. all this stuff, like the, his exposure. Yeah, Drake is definitely not on par with that. Um, yeah. You are right about that. I but don't know. I, feel, I have a soft spot in my heart a little bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like when we're talking about, um, we we were uh, texting the other day about um, that black excellence has reached an all time mm-hmm. high, right? Oh, so, so you're gonna put so I think Drake but, in well, some black I think excellence. about I think about his success <laughs> as an artist, and I'm mm-hmm. like, and it's not even like it's not even necessarily that I think he's the most excellent. It's that like, like he is excelling, and that is awesome, awesome. And so I kind of like see him being successful. I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. Like, even though I'm I'm not the hugest Drake fan of his music, running but, like, through the six. No, <laughs> I, I I'm just I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. Aww. I'm kind of and not in a patronizing like white That's lady it's, way. It's so, totally, sounded but it sounded like that, that way. Yeah, but I feel like I see him being successful. And I'm like hell yeah, black like, excellence. He's like, so cute. Really like, so cute. He's I'm really so proud great. of him. And now that I you know why him. you know why I talk about him like that because he looks like someone who I would have in class because he's like he's got a baby face. He looks Aww. like he's a high schooler. So I think about all right. Final one. Warm white lady heart. You. Ready <laughs> yeah. for this? <laughs> yes, I think. Bam. Maybe. Bonfires. Bonfires. Timeless. timeless. Terrible. Easily timeless. What? Because um, fire is as old as mankind, <laughs> and also well, older. Um, and because that's what killed the dinosaurs, maybe oh. um, meteors <laughs> um, and burning fire. Um, but I was thinking about this recently because it's just like kind of a, a deep like ancestral type experience of fire. I thought you were going to say ancestral. And no, I was like, what that's is disgusting. Right <laughs> Ew, no. And, it's like, been a long day. Just pri- Primordial, listeners. is that better? It sounds less like sure, ancestral. Sure, yeah, there you go. go for it. Um, like kind of like connection we have mm-hmm. to fire. And like I think when you enjoy sitting around a fire, the, the things that, I don't know, you, it's just almost like a, uh, I don't want to say spiritual because that sounds like woo-woo, like, Pie in the sky, but like it's like a it's an experience of like humanity, and also it doesn't hurt that people bring guitars and then you can sing <laughs> around the fire. White, white stuff. All like right. what's that song that people used to sing around the campfire all the time? The general, Kumbaya, my lord, <laughs> or Kumbaya, my lord. That gen- the song, the general that every high school senior boy knew what? on guitar. I, I grew up in the suburbs. About. It's fine. Seriously, I'll post it on the notes. All right, so last segment. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies! Well, my recommendation is challenge your fears. Do something that, like, not that, like, is an intense fear, like, jump off of something, but just try something. Taste something that's a little different than you've had before. Go watch a movie that you're inexperienced with. Read a book by somebody that you're like, I don't know about their world. Just push yourself outside of those fears. But not Dinesh D'Souza because that guy sucks. Yeah, not that. And then also go watch Black Panther. It's important. It's okay if you are a white person who doesn't understand anything. That is completely fine. And also, side note, just because you watch it doesn't mean you're woke. So let's just keep that in mind, too. Also Because I've heard that being passed around. Yeah. But just go. Just appreciate it. Um, Just celebrate that. That black excellence and just yeah. like enjoy something that black is, excellence is, is happening an all-time there. high. So there we go. Go enjoy it. What you got? Um, my homework is go read this article called "Why We're So Easily Manipulated by Political Appeals to Fear" Ooh. by David Ropike. It offers some interesting connections to today's conversations about fear, and then also current administration and like the world we live in. Like some context there. Um, also, if you encounter anyone who says something patronizing, like Drake is so cute, and um, <laughs> you should call him out on it, like Hope did earlier, because it's really important. Don't say stuff like that; it's ignorant. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on AlaskaAir.com. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel Two Five Three Network. Subscribe to the other podcasts, Nerd Farmer, Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, and Flounder's B-Team. Bye. Class dismissed. This is Channel 253.